And it is the last fantasy mailbag of the pre-draft process before we get into the week one fantasy mailbag in just about two weeks time. Jake, are you so excited? We're so close. It's going to drag. We're so close. It's going to drag, but my friends, you forgot to ask me how I am. I was get I was getting to that. I was getting to that. I didn't even introduce us yet. But, Bird, Jake, Jake, how are you? Uh, you know, it's been it's been a week, and yes, I hasn't been the best summer for me. But a little bit of silver lining is obviously the recent NBA news. How can I not be excited about that? Yeah, yeah. I'll hey, I'll be really excited if the Knicks can can pull off Donovan Mitchell. But I don't have a lot of confidence yeah well guess what i'd still rather have kevin durant so enjoy donovan mitchell i mean i think everyone would rather have kevin durant i don't know i mean let's just let's just think right now when you consider the entire package is there a player in the nba that is more valuable than kevin durant is no Maybe Giannis for the Bucks. That was the other. That was the other one that I could think of, and maybe, and maybe to their overall team Steph success. Curry. Like if you take if you take him away, is that team good? It's, there's two guys I'm thinking of: Curry and Booker. No Booker. I mean, no. Nah. I mean, how about how about Doncic? Uh, yeah, Luca too. I think the, I think the Mavs are dog shit without without Doncic. Maybe maybe Phoenix it's, is like a is like a you know play in team without Booker. Yeah, I mean, we saw what the Nets looked like last year when Kevin Durant missed time. <laughs> so that's true. Uh, yeah, but also we'll talk NBA when we resume BTP activities. But um, those Nets are going to be tough this year. You know, it's going to be tough this year. Fantasy football—it's going to be very, very difficult, especially drafts. Lucky for you, we have listeners that need our help. We're going to help them as best as we possibly can. We have eighteen questions. That we've gotten from the listeners. We had a lot more, but we had to condense them. So, because there were a lot of repeats, a lot of questions that involved uh, similar players. I'll, I'll I'll be a little bit of a spoiler here, um, Jake. In the mailbag, we had about 10 questions about Damian Pierce. He is buzzing. He, he is, yes, he is. He is buzzing. I don't know if I love it, but we will... We will wait until we get there. So 18 questions. Jake, your job is to find the Damian Pierce question. Have at it. Let's split the deck. Number nine. Number nine. This is from Henry. Jake, where, oh, where, oh, where is Henry from? Uh, Let's think. Who is the hub and the mecca of the Basement Talk podcast? Oh, that's right. It's Portland, Oregon. Shout out to Portland. Draft season is right, right around the corner. Week one mailbag is just around the corner as well. It's our time, Portland. Stand you, up. You think we should rename the um, the the weekly mailbag the uh, Tribute to Portland show or the Portland Tribute show? Yeah, Portland may need to be tied into it. Uh, I think so. We love Portland. Shout out, Portland. Henry asks, what is a better value right now? Well, it really should be who, if you're going to be grammatically correct there, Henry. It really should be who is a better value, but that's neither here nor there. Mike Evans, late in round two, or Chris Godwin, middle of round four, full point PPR? Um, That's a tough one. It's a very tough one. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Godwin in the middle of round four, assuming that it's really not too extended of an absence. Mm -hmm. I think you're getting a low-end wide receiver one, if not one of the better wide receiver twos in all of fantasy football for a fourth-round price. You really can't go wrong there. I think Mike Evans, who I'm high on in my ranks, but I don't think he's necessarily that What's the word I'm looking for here? He's not in the Adams, Kelsey, uh, Kelsey, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup. I don't think he's part of that group. And that's why I think in round four, I think Evans is closer to Chris Godwin in terms of fantasy football production than he is uh, with the peers going slightly ahead of him earlier in round two and then the back half of round one. How much of a difference do you have uh, between Evans and Godwin in your ranks? I have a 24 spot difference. I Evans at 22nd overall, and then I have Godwin at 46. All right. So let me explain something. I don't know how long Godwin's going to be out for. I have yeah, Mike that's... Evans. Yeah. I have Evans as my 22nd ranked player, and I have Chris Godwin as my 41st overall player. Okay. Yeah. We're basically in the same, the same ballpark. We have Evans as, you know, top end of round three. Godwin right in the middle of round four, right where you uh, where you have him, uh, Henry. For me, oh, I like both. I like both a lot. The, the 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 biggest question with Godwin is health. If you're t- if you can guarantee to me right now, we've talked about this on the podcast a thousand times. You can guarantee to me right now that Chris Godwin is going to be healthy, ready to go, week one, if not week two. Chris Godwin is just going to be he's going to be a 85, 90 catch guy. Easy, over a thousand yards, seven, eight touchdowns. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. But the question is, what are you getting when you're investing into Chris Godwin? Is it a situation, perhaps, like, and I, I don't want to say it's comparable because one, it was a toe injury, foot injury, and the other one was an ACL. One is obviously more severe than the other. Um, but could this be a Michael Thomas situation where you in, invest into a banged up player and it takes them a while to come back or they don't come back at all. I don't think so. I think, I don't think it is. I think Michael Thomas had a little bit more going on last year. than I think, and he also waited so long to have the surgery too. I think it's totally, uh, uh, you're comparing apples to oranges here. Yeah. But at the very least, I I agree with everything Jake said about Godwin, you get him and he produces for you and he's, you know, available by week two, week three, you're going to get a top 15 receiver and full point PPR with ease. And you'll probably get very similar. If not, if you'll get more touchdowns with Evans than, than with Godwin, I think that's like the, the main reason why there's a difference between the two in the ranks. And also because of the health of Godwin, like if Godwin, if Godwin were clean bill of health, no issue with the ACL, it would be very hard for me not to put him with the likes of Pittman, Higgins, Moore, even Terry McLaurin as a borderline top 15, top 16 receiver. Absolutely. Slam dunk in that range. Yeah. Yep. All right. Number nine, gone. Number two. Number two. This is from Eric. Eric is from, um, Eric is from Tacoma, Washington. We're staying with the Pacific Northwest here or, or, or early geographical theme on this podcast. Eric says, Rank them in half. Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, and Jerry Judy. I'll read those names again. Okay. Allen Robinson, 
DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, Jerry Judy. All right. So I have it Judy, Metcalf, Allen Robinson, Marquise Brown. I have it Robinson, Metcalf, Judy, Brown. Yeah, I soured a little bit on Allen Robinson. I still have him as a top 24 guy. Yeah, I have, I have him as my wide receiver 23, so. Uh, that's where I have him. That's where I have him in half, wide yeah. receiver 23. So, I mean, they're all kind of within the same ballpark. I think the appeal with Judy is if he really is Russell Wilson's guy, it just depends how you feel about the whole Denver situation. Mm-hmm. If he's Russell Wilson's guy, he's having a better year than Allen Robinson. Yeah. It's just really what you believe. I mean, if you're higher on Sutton, you're probably not going to say Jerry Judy before the other guys. So I understand. Um, I actually have Sutton. I have a, what do you call it here? I have a three-spot difference between Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy in my ranks because I just generally don't know. Let me see where the difference in mine. I think I think my spot is a three-spot as well uh, in half. In half, the difference between the two, I have Sutton at 21. I have Judy at 25. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the appeal also with Metcalf, I don't think that Drew Locke is, I think Geno Smith is a little bit of a disaster, but I think Drew Locke might have the GPS turned on to DK Metcalf, assuming Good. that it's not already turned on to Noah Fant because that's kind of how Drew Locke operates. He kind of just finds a guy. And let's not act like Cortland Sutton was not fantasy relevant either when no, Drew Locke was. was that quarterback. You know, he, he, he helped a lot of people win leagues. I think it was Drew Locke's rookie year. Yes. So, um, I don't think we should just kick DK Metcalf to the curb in fantasy. I have him as a top 40 play along with Judy. All right, so let's go to back to the questions. Two and nine, gone. Number 11. 11. This is from Sean. Jake, where is Sean from? He's from Hawkins, Indiana. Sean asks, where would you take Josh Allen in a dynasty startup? Superflex or non-superflex? Non-superflex. I would take him probably at 1-1 or 1-2. In my dynasty ranks, go to my overalls. I mean, not. I mean, if it's just traditional one quarterback league, it is traditional one quarterback. Superflex. He, superflex. You were you're taking him. Let me see what happens. Super, my superflex ranks for just for curiosity. I have Josh Allen at two of my superflex ranks. He has to be the first or second pick in a super. That that's yeah. not up for debate. But it, it's just one quarterback. I mean, I would probably take him middle of round two. I have a twenty ninth overall, so late yeah. round two. I think that's good. I, I, I just why are you having a dynasty draft this time? Like I don't know. Uh for for a startup, I mean, maybe you want you know all the injuries to be decided and and things like that. I get it. For for startup, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Startup, I get it, but if you're if it's like a rookie draft, like bro, you're you guys are about uh four months late. Yeah. So call call your commissioner. Get the, get get that fixed. Two nine and eleven. Oh god. Also, also, you didn't get my Stranger Things reference either. Disappointed. Uh, I don't watch Stranger Things. I've never uh, I've never seen a second of Stranger Things. That's a personal problem. But let's go with number fourteen. <laughs> fourteen. This is from Derek Jake. Uh, oh, this is my. My geographical location. Uh, Derek is from. We're gonna go. We're gonna go down under. Melbourne, Australia. Sounds like a nice place. I would love to go there. Sign me up. Take me as far away from Long Island as possible right now. Uh, Derek asks, 
very interesting question because I'm actually having this debate right now in a, in a draft that I am doing on Sunday. In offline drafts, are timers necessary? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Need them. Now, I think the timer should be a little bit longer for an offline draft. I don't think it should be like 60 seconds. I think that's like pretty ridiculous. I think like two minutes is, is definitely valid, though. I was gonna. I was gonna say if if you wanted to do ninety seconds to two minutes, I think that's fine in the early part. But I think you know if you establish a cutoff, like if your draft, let's say you're doing just a standard, it's a seventeen round draft, just some, or a sixteen round draft. Keep it even. Keep it even. Sixteen round draft. Rounds one to eight, you do two minutes. Then eight to sixteen, you do a minute and a half to a minute. For each pick done because you have to because eventually Ma- you're going to have people that just take forever Ever. to make picks and at the end of the day now let me ask you this because this is this is also something that's been that's going on right now so, the, so I, I i we could send this question a little bit so what would you do and i have my own opinion but i want to hear yours first if someone drains out the clock they still don't have a pick what would you do as a commissioner, Jake? You are a commissioner. What would you do? Um, I would, well, because at every draft, I mean, you really have the ESPN, like the consensus ranks up. Mm-hmm. They get the highest rated player on the consensus board. I think that's fair. So the that was one of the options that uh, we were considering. The other option was that person can sit as long as they want and deliberate, but next guy is then on the clock. Okay, that's actually not terrible. It's like the NFL draft. That's what they do with the the NFL draft. If the team, say in the first round, Jacksonville at one one uses the ten minute the ten minutes to make their pick, they have no decision. Next team up, Chicago Bears. That's gonna get shit moving. Come up, make their pick, and they get their guy. And number one is left having to to sit. That's where number two, like if I'm sitting at number two. I'm seeing that clock going down. I'm going down. I'm like, I'm getting up out of my fucking chair. I'm getting ready to run to the fucking board and put up Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, whomever it may be. Now, my whole thing is what I wanted to do this year was I wanted to get somebody not in the league that's in charge of the timer. Huh. And have like maybe like a little iPad or like something, you know, where everyone here like get like a little something going on because I don't want to be in charge of that shit. Like I got to focus like. Yes. So what I did was I wasn't the one who came up with the idea. It was someone else in the league. So I said to them, I said, I think it's a great idea. I just don't want to run it. But since it's your idea, you run it. You hook up your laptop to the TV, have the timer up, make it look nice and pretty for everybody to see. And boom. So that way there's no, everyone knows exactly how much time they have, but I also agree. I actually like that idea a lot about having someone who is completely impartial run the timer. Yep. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I think that is a absolutely fantastic idea. Okay, 14, 11, 9, and 2 are gone. Number 18. 18, you said? 18. Ah, Jake. Well, 
This question is going to be about 20 minutes. This is from Hank. Where's Hank from? Uh, Hank is from Reno, Nevada. Damn, I was hoping you were going to say Houston, Texas. Hank Houston, has, Texas. A, has a two-word question. Damian Pierce? Question mark? I mean, well, let's talk about Damian Pierce. I mean, we have to. Uh, he's he he he's the hot commodity right now. It's the hot Everybody commodity wants their piece of Damian Pierce, dude. When is it? Okay, so let's start off with this. When is it too early to draft Damian Pierce for you? Agreed. Um, so we'll stick we'll stick to PPR because we're because you do PPR, PPR ranks, I PPR ranks. We'll stick PPR. Keep it in common. Um, well, we talked about this off air. You have Damian Pierce as your seventy fifth. Overall player? 70 sec, uh, 77th. 77th. Okay. I have Damian Pierce as my 84th. Where do I think it's too early to take Damian Pierce? Well, let's play America's favorite game, shall we? Would you rather? AJ Dillon or Damian Pierce? Oh, Dillon. That's not close. Dillon. I have Dillon at 62. Where do you have 63. Dillon? Okay. Damian Harris or Damian Pierce? That's a close one. I have Harris, but... I don't love it, but Damian Harris. I have him at 71. I have Harris at 65. Here's one who just got a nice, nice little bump today with the release of Ronald Jones. Clyde Edwards Alaire or Damian Pierce. Now I think I think it's Clyde mm, now. Yeah, it's Clyde. I had it as Clyde as well. So I have Clyde. It's close though. I have him at 74. I had, Clyde, I had Clyde at 66. Here's the fun one. And I know we're going to disagree on it, but I, I'm pretty close to doing it myself. Antonio Gibson or Damian Pierce? I already know your answer. Yeah, no, it's it's Damian Pierce right now. For me, it's Gibson. Yeah, he uh, didn't even start the last preseason game. Right, and now and now he's the full-time uh, punt returner for, for Washington. Not good. Mm-mm. No, no, not. I at will all. not have Antonio Gibson on a. I will literally laugh at the person that drafts Antonio Gibson in our league. I agree. Like laugh. I don't want I, him. I don't think I would even want him. Like in like the, like I think the last round is the only round I think I would take him. I'm that I'm that far out on Antonio Gibson. I'm in the same boat. He he better be like the clear cut guy on the board for me to even think about it. Let yeah. alone do it. Uh, so I, I have Gibson 68. Where do you have Gibson? Far. I have Antonio Gibson as my 79th overall player. All right, so we're not too far off. We're not too far off, but it's it's gonna get it's gonna get lower. <laughs> it's... All right, so let's keep going here. Miles Miles Sanders or Damian Pierce? Sanders, but yeah. That's 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 right now. I'm at Sanders as well. Um in full, Kareem Hunt or Damian Pierce? Hunt, safer floor for me. Yep, Hunt for me as well. And the last one that I have above Pierce in my ranks, unless there was someone that I didn't mention, um, Chase Edmonds or Pierce? Pierce. For me, it's Edmonds, but it's getting really, really close. So for the answer to that, to the first part of the question is, for me, it's around round, late round seven, early round eight. That's where when it I starts. Think is the, the window. For Pierce, anything before that, I think it's a bit of a reach. But 
again, when you're comparing, like I think I think this is also an interesting discussion just based on overall um what's the word I'm looking for? Draft strategy, I guess is what I'm looking for. You gotta look at all the guys that we just mentioned. AJ Dillon, Damian Harris, Clyde Edwards Alaire, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds. Then throw Damian Pierce into the mix. Who has the highest ceiling out of all those guys? It's Damian Pierce. I think it's Damian Pierce. Yeah, maybe maybe the closest is Clyde and Dylan. Maybe Clyde, less less Dylan. More so of Clyde, it's Chiefs running back. Well, I think with Dylan, if something happens to Aaron Jones, oh, he's, AJ, he's, AJ yeah. Dylan's a top twelve running back easily in every week. Every week, right. um, yeah, I actually happen to own a late seventh and an early eighth round pick. Yeah, so it, Damian Pierce is is right in 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 that window. Um, but let's let's now talk about realistic expectations for Pierce. Do we think because I. I'm on the fence with saying I, I I think he's going to be the guy. Pep Hamilton has confirmed as much within the last month that Damian Pierce is going to be their starting running back. Do we think that Damian Pierce is going to be a workhorse? Or do we think that Damian Pierce is just getting first carry and then it's a smorgasbord of featuring Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, with maybe Damian Pierce getting the more high leverage, high leverage carries? Yeah, I don't think um, this is turning into a workhorse situation right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a really good comparison for Damian Pierce today, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. And, and honestly, I, I could see this being the case. How about a James Robinson type rookie year? Rookie running back, bad team. I mean, garbage time galore. Yeah. If you could, if you're telling me that I'm going to get in round seven or eight. I'm getting a guy that I'm just trying to remember James Robinson's rookie year at the top of my head. He's pretty sure over it was a thousand yards. Play. And I think it was like six or seven touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, we sign up for that. Yeah. And if you could tell me that he, he's going to be a guy that we're talking about that gets to, I struggle with the number of carries just because I don't know. I think the pass catching might hurt Pierce off. The back. Yeah, I don't I don't see him as like as a maybe I see a window where he could be a 30 catch guy as a 40 catch guy. I don't really see he's it. he's gonna need to score to yeah. warrant the set, right? And and also how how often are they gonna score? That's why I'm not really there yet for like Correct. You know, ahead of Josh Jacobs, ahead of uh, you know, even Miles Sanders, those type of guys. Right. And I think and I think also this goes into more uh, into more philosophy here. You have to look into the offense that you are investing in. You're investing in the Texans offense. You need to look at how many scores you think are going to be going around in the Texans offense over the course of the season. There's not going to be as many as they're going to be in Cleveland, as there are in Kansas City, as there are in Philly, as they're going to be in Green Bay. I don't even think there's going to be as many as there are in New England. Even with how bad that offense is, yeah, yeah. I mean, we because we we know what Bill Belichick is going to want to do. We know Bill Belichick at the one two yard line is going to want to give it to Damian Harris where he could where he can run it in and and score. So while Damian Harris may not be the best yardage guy in the world, 
he's he'll, he'll get you your, your your touchdowns. He'll probably be close, if not a double digit running back, uh, touchdown running back, as he was, as he was a year ago. Now, is Damian Harris saying that he's going to be uh, another fifteen touchdown running back? No, but is he, is can he be nine, ten touchdowns? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do I see that with Pierce? No, but do I see? I think I think the James Robinson number. Let me just get the James Robinson number up. Just to... I believe J- James Robinson missed like December too, his rookie year. So in 14 games, James Robinson had 240 carries, 1,070 yards, four and a half yards per carry, seven touchdowns, and three receiving touchdowns on 50 catches. So right there, that's a 290-touch year from James Robinson. I don't think we're getting that. I don't think we're getting that from Pierce either. But if you're telling me that Pierce 250 touches... I think is on the high end. It's very on the high end. Then you sign up for that all day, every day at that you point. You sign up for that in round seven, round eight, regardless of, team, of yeah. the touchdown production that you could potentially get or the PPR upside that Pierce comes with. I think a more realistic number is if you can get, say Pierce gets 180 carries and maybe gets 25, 30 catches, and you're talking a 200-plus touch running back in round seven, round eight with the upside for more, I think that's fine. I think it's definitely fine, too. I think it's fine because, and again, it's looking at what is also around him. Is there a workhorse that you're taking in round seven, round eight? The answer is no, unless you're trying to invest in a guy that can be a workhorse with an injury like Tony Pollard, like Kareem Hunt, uh, like we we said, Clyde, and like we said, A.J. Dillon. Yep. Yeah, no, all all that's true. Where – so – now that we're done with just talking about the pros and the cons with Pierce, Jake, you're on you're on the clock in round six in a twelve team league. You see Pierce, you really want him. Do you take the plunge? How many RBs are on my roster already? Say you're drafting him as. You're drafting him as a flex. No. No. You're starting you say you have say you have a tight end, you have two receivers and you have two running backs. Oh no. I'm t- I'm I'm, I'm going to go with the receiver. I like the receivers a little bit better there. Like if I can get my hands on um like just thinking of the guys off the top of my head in, in round 6 like a Hopkins. Yeah, St. Brown. St. Brown. Thielen. Thielen. Uh, Elijah, give me, give me more. Elijah, even dare I say, Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm taking all them over. Gabe uh, Davis. Yeah, Juju. Oh I think I take. I think I, I would take Gabe Davis. I actually moved Gabe Davis up a decent amount in my ranks, but I, we um, do have a, we do have a Juju question, by the way. Juju, I'd take Amari Cooper over him too to answer your question. That's an interesting one. That's that's a very interesting one. I'm, yeah, I, I would I, take. I'm, him. I'm on the fence a little bit with. Uh, I would take with, Cooper. With Cooper or Pierce, I th- I think I would take Cooper, um, but that's close. That's pretty close. Yep. Let me just see in my overalls. Um, this is the receivers that I have around uh, Pierce. Do you have Do you have a Pierce ranked in your overalls by any chance? Yes, I do. I just told you, Damian Pierce, seventy seventh. I was oh, my RB twenty seven. I'm an idiot. Yeah. So the receivers that I have around Pierce, I'll just start with the guys that I have above them. Uh, the guys we mentioned: Amon Ross, St. Brown, Elijah Moore, Adam Thielen. I have Devonta Smith above him. I have Drake London above him. And the guys that I have below, Hunter Renfro, Tyler Lockett, Hopkins, 
Alan Lazard, Christian Kirk. Very low on Hopkins. I think you need to move Hopkins up. Well, let me just see where the consensus has Hopkins. The consensus has Hopkins at 95. It's the suspension. Just keep in mind that also after round five in keeper leagues, which is mine, I think I have to take Hopkins in round six if I can keep him for next year. Yeah. For a fifth round pick. Yeah. Just try and take a stab at it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I'm going to consider with two thirds, two fourths, two fifths and two sixths in, in my keeper league. I, I think one of them probably will be Hopkins. Yeah, for, to keep next year. I mean, listen, that's a that's minimum around two pick. Next oh, year right. fantasy. Keep, keep next year, or you have for a playoff run when everyone, run when everyone is exhausted. You have DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the league, coming back ready to go. Where if he didn't have the suspension, DeAndre Hopkins would be maybe after last year. People are a little sour on him, so we'll say on the top seven end, would be a top fifteen receiver. Um, dude, top seven. Easily. You, you would think DeAndre Hopkins yep. with last year would I think still so. be a top seven receiver. I think so. Interesting. Very interesting. So yeah, that is our day that is our Damian Pierce uh TED talk. I it would be I will be very disappointed the same way because I listened I listened to a mailbag show the other day just for fun. It was the mailbag show, it was right after Cordero Patterson broke out, it was the hot waiver ad of the week where we didn't have a single Cordero Patterson question and you were fuming that there wasn't a Cordero Patterson question. Was it? I don't remember that. that. You're going to have to send it to me. I, I will send it to you. You were fuming. You were like, come on, people, no Cordero Patterson. I will be in that same boat if week one, week one mailbag, there is not a question about Damian Pierce. Yeah. Because everybody wants him. Who did the Texans have week him. one? Uh, they play. Hold on, let me just pull up his schedule. They play the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, they'll they'll compete in that game at home. They'll compete. Mm-hmm. And his his schedule too is is not too shabby. By the way, uh, he does get two matchups against Jacksonville. That's nice. Week five and then week seventeen. I'll just re- I'll read off his schedule. Uh, we'll say top you know, first six a, games. Give a give a good give a good if it's good. Give a meh if it's meh. Uh, Colts week one fine. That's fine. Uh, Broncos week two meh. not good. Week three at Chicago. Mm. That's 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 good. I like that. Week four versus the Chargers. That's okay. That's okay. They might get blown out of the water in that game, though. That's my only concern. That's the only concern, but the Texans Chargers beat them last year. We saw last year. That was the worst part of their defense. They couldn't stop yeah. the run for anything. Week five versus Jacksonville, great. We love. Yep, and I'm not buying the, the shit that Jacksonville's defensive line looks great. It's their off. Jacksonville's offensive line is terrible. That's who they've been practicing up against every single day. Yeah. That defensive line to look great. So I'm yeah. not buying it yet. Me neither. And they have to buy in week six. Then it's Las Vegas, fine. Fine. At home versus the Titans, eh. Meh. At Philadelphia, good. Good. Uh, the Giants, good. Good. Washington, meh. Not good. At Miami, good. Not good. I don't think it's good. I'm going to say it's okay. I'm going to say it's okay. Yeah. I, who knows what? To, who knows who the quarterback is going to be of Miami at that point? I agree. Uh, then Cleveland, no. No. Dallas, no. 
that's not that bad. Believe Dallas, me. Dallas's run defense is good. Okay. You Every year on, the defense is vastly improved. Yeah, you can pass so. on Dallas. You can't you can't run on them for the most part. But who knows? Maybe Demarcus Lawrence you, will you, be. You can't run on Dallas. What did Elijah Mitchell do last year against Dallas in the playoffs? Fair point. That's that's a fair <laughs> point. We can't run on Dallas. Who they had? That's so good. Fair point. Fair point. Then here's his playoff schedule. At home versus Kansas City. Not good. No, that's awful. The matchup is good. The matchup is good because Kansas City's defensive line is meh, but uh, Kansas City could drop 50 on the Texans. I don't think anybody would be That's surprised. That's going to be a bloodbath. Forget that. Yeah. At Tennessee. Not great. Nope. But then if you get to championship week, it's Jacksonville at home. That's nice. That's very nice. That's very nice. So his schedule is okay. His schedule is okay. I, I, I honestly think if you were to draft Pierce – the best way to draft Pierce is as an RB4. I think he's an RB3 in the right situation. But yes, as an RB4, you're comfortable. RB4, you are extremely, extremely comfortable. I agree. All right, so that took that took exactly 20 minutes. Good good work, Jake. I mean, hey, there were dead questions, but they'd be up here. So we had to kill as much as possible. Uh, 2, 9, 11, 14, and 18. Let's go with number one. Number one, this is from Tommy. Tommy is from Birmingham, England. Shout out to the Peaky Blinders. Great people. Tommy asks, buy or sell? Juju Smith-Schuster will finish as a top 12 receiver in full-point PPR. Absolutely not. Move on. It's not happening. I sell it? A big sell. can Can he be top 15, top 20? Yes. Top 20, I can get behind. Top 12, no. Top 15. If, if this were top 15, I would buy it. Yeah, more like top 20, I think, is the ceiling. But maybe I, I, I hear your point with top 15, but I sell that as well. Well, let me ask you this. There's a, there's a very quick question. I'll, I actually want to rephrase this question. Um, buy or sell? Whomever is the Chiefs wide receiver one will finish the top 12 receiver in full point PPR. Top 15. Who, we'll say top who's 15. Who's to say? I, I, like, I have a weird feeling that it might not be there. They might not have a true number one, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely possible. It, it, it could become like a Baltimore thing where it's just yeah. the Travis Kelsey show. Could be. And they could spread the ball around a lot. Like, I don't know. So you think it's possible that there's a receiver in Kansas City that, that does not log more than 80 catches? I think 80 catch, like, you know, 80 to 85 Maybe. But like, I don't know, man. Sky Moore could be the guy. Ju- a Juju. Oh, they still have Nicole Hardman lurking Moore. around. They still have uh, – they've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels a little too good to be true with Juju. It just feels like a trap. Okay, so let's play this game. Play this game a little move on. In PPR, rank the Chiefs receivers for the – not – not based on draft, based on what you would like to have or who you would like to have out of Juju. What does that What does that mean though? Like who who I rank higher or like who I would rather invest? Who in? you would ra- Who you would rather take the chance on? Who you like the most? I mean, I would probably take Juju. It's not to be like a complete poo poo. Like I said, top yeah. twenty. Like that's good for where he's getting drafted. Mm-hmm. But um, I would go Juju. I would go Sky Moore. I'd go Valdez Scanling. I'd go McCall Hardman. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, that's. I think that's pretty much my order. I could just see I could just see 
Nicole Hardman finally becoming somebody. I don't know why. Just every year it's supposed to be the year. And the year that no one pays attention to Nicole Hardman, it's Nicole Hardman time? It, it could be like a Mike Williams He's not playing. No, he's not. He's not playing for. Uh, is he playing for his cash? Yeah, I think he is playing for his cash. He was in the oh, twenty. Shit. Yeah, Debo was. He is oh, playing God. for his cash. All right. All right, everybody, take a late round stab on Miko Hardman. Oh shit, he is. <laughs> let me let me just check. Let me just check on this really quick. Uh, is Miko Hardman playing for his cash? Where do I have him in my ranks? I have him ungodly low. I know it. Uh oh my God, he is playing for his cash. Oh no. Oh no, folks! Yeah, yeah. You might, you might have to take a little late round stab on Miko Hardman. Well, Jake, if you if you want some 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 positivity around Miko Hardman, his receiving numbers and his yardage have gone up every year of his career, but his touchdowns have gone down every year of his career by two. So, starting with 2019 when he had six, and last year when he had two. So it is quite possible that Miko Hardman could have a 70-catch season with no touchdowns if all goes according to plan. Yep. 1, 2, 9, 11, 14, 18. 17. 17. This is from Taylor. Uh, Jake, where's Taylor from? Taylor's from Buffalo, New York. Taylor asks, what are your thoughts on leagues eliminating the tight end position along with defense and kicker and replacing all three with extra flex spots. Stupid. Don't do that to the tight ends. Give them tight end premium. If you're going to do anything special with the tight ends. I like that. I like that. Look, I know tight end is a dying breed. I know people want nothing to do with them. I get it. But I think getting rid of a difficult position makes fantasy in a way too easy. And I don't want it to be too easy. Yeah, it's like, I feel like there's an art with tight ends. Yes, there is. I agree. I don't think, now getting rid of the defense and the kicker, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all, all for it. it. Forget them. All for it because they, 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 never, they never help you win a week. They always make you lose a week. They never help you win a week. Yeah, forget defenses and kickers. I agree. I think if you were to do that, keep the tight end, get rid of the defense and the kicker, and add additional flex where you're starting QB, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, and two flex. I think it's great. I do too. 1, 2, 9, 11, 14, 17, 18. Gone. 16. 16. This is from Isaac. Isaac is from Honolulu, Honolulu, Hawaii. Isaac asks, oh, God. I feel like we're playing therapist with this question. Can family fantasy leagues work? Yeah, they can. They do. I'm in a family fantasy league. I enjoy my family fantasy league. But you also have to understand that your family fantasy league is also going to take up a very small percentage of your time every single week. And you have to decide how competitive you want to be. If you decide that you don't want to be super competitive because you don't want the extra burden of another league, then guess what? You better enjoy Thanksgiving and Christmas when your family is telling you that you suck at fantasy when you don't really give a shit about the league. So. If you want to do it, you have to embrace it. Otherwise, don't do it. I don't do a fantasy family league. I do it. It's fun. It's fun. Mm. It's another. It's another league. I. I. I really pay. I. I give it. I give it enough time, but I don't give it as much time as my other competitive big time leagues. Now, I. The, the only problem with family leagues 
is unless you have it with people that are super hardcore football fans, it's a little hard to charge for it. A little bit difficult. Yeah, I could see it. But if you if you say you wanted to say you want ten bucks, everybody ten dollars. Is it worth your time? You have to decide. No, not me. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I agree. Yeah. I agree. But the way I also look, I look at it as well is depending on how many leagues you're in. If you think a family fantasy league is going to be a walk in the park, pledge ten. Say okay, ten bucks. Everybody all in. Go win your family league. Your league fees are covered for the year. I mean, no, they're definitely not. <laughs> well, not not for me, not for you or I, but for some for somebody else. Yeah. Be. Okay. Yeah, I can see could that. Could be. Say say it's a twelve a twelve man league, ten bucks, hundred hundred and twenty dollar per. Say you walk away with a hundred, and you're in three other leagues that total ninety bucks. You walk away with ten dollar profit for the year. Not how I want to live. I want to make more than ten dollars, but it's hey, if you could say you. The way I always act, if I could break even on a fantasy year, it's a good year. Yeah. Agreed. 18, 17, 16, 14, 11, 9, 2, and 1 are gone. Number five. Number five. This is from Johnny. Jake, where is Johnny from? Beverly Hills, California. Johnny wants to know, who are the best wide receiver targets if you want to start out going zero wide receiver, a fantastic question, Johnny, because everyone and their mother is probably going to consider going zero wide receiver. So let's just let's just say zero wide receiver takes you into round five. It's a takes shitty you... idea, but <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a horrible idea. Why? Horrible. So the receiver in full PPR in full PPR. Horrible idea. Two Horrible. receivers, I can get away with it. Three, I wouldn't endorse it. But no. say say you're going into round five. You're going into round five. Say you start out your draft with Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Cam Akers, and you go tight end, say George Kittle. I would say thank you very much for your donation this year. If you're going in round five, you're looking, you'd be looking at Michael Thomas. You're looking at DK Metcalf. You're looking at Allen Robinson, Jerry Judy. Then you have the high upside receivers. I actually don't mind. And I know I, I think we're going to disagree on this just based on your reaction and based on mine. I'm perfectly comfortable with selecting from this group of receivers versus the group of running backs that are here. Like if I'm looking at a running back, I'm looking, I'm staring down the barrel, the barrel of Josh Jacobs, AJ Dillon, Damian Harris is like an RB2. That scares the shit out of me. No, but that's not what I'm endorsing, though. Which is? I'm a big two-and-two type of guy. I'm a big two-and-two kind of guy as well, but I think if you wanted to try the zero receiver, I think it can be done. I just – I wouldn't be able to do it, man. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I'll try it and let you know how it goes, honestly. I definitely want it. I'm going to try it somewhere. I'm going to try it somewhere because I'm looking at this group of receivers that are going around 50th, 60th overall – like if I could start my team around around on Michael Thomas, I'm okay with that. DK Metcalf, I'm fine with that. But if I have, I want to be as safe and as comfortable as possible with the running backs that I have. That's like I think the biggest thing that I want out of drafts this year. And if I know I'm looking at a ten or twelve a twelve team league, and I say to myself, okay, 
if it's three receiver, it's a little bit more difficult to do. If it's two and you know that you just have a hole at the wide receiver position, wide receivers grow off of trees. You can always find one off of waivers. Running back is much harder to replace. So I think with that, if I were starting a team around a wide receiver core around a guy like DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, Jerry Judy, maybe you get lucky with a Cortland Sutton, then I think you'd be pretty happy with that. And then if you find a receiver that pops off out of nowhere, say, say Sky Moore goes undrafted and Sky Moore becomes the new Tyreek Hill in Kansas City. You go get Sky Moore. You go get Sky Moore. You drop however much fab you need to to get Sky Moore and boom, you're good. Same I think that's where back, the so. argument for zero wide receiver comes into play. I'm not a big zero of anything. I, I, I personally believe in balanced teams. I believe in balanced teams too. I think balanced teams are the most successful, but if there is one that I would uh, most certainly go for, I would go zero receiver. I don't think this is the year for zero RB. I think anybody who goes zero RB this year is asking, you know, just for, you know, no, I don't advise thank you for either. your donation and enjoy playing. Yeah, definitely not the year. <laughs> One, two, five, nine, eleven, fourteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Number three. Number three. This is from uh Danny. Danny is from Milan, Italy. Oh, I love this question. I love this question. I when I was going through these and I was just writing these down. This was the, I laughed at this question because of how absolutely asinine and absurd this, this question is. Well, let's hear it. Jake, I'm praying you get a kick out of this as much as I did. I'm praying. Danny has an issue with his commissioner. In his draft, the commissioner did not tell the league that they must have printed out rankings available, turned off the Wi-Fi, and did not allow for anybody to access online rankings on their laptops. Yeah, I mean, you got to let the league know. I think that's like the part where (laughs) I'm, I'm, I don't think that's right. Well, Danny then asks, what do I do? Well, I mean, (laughs) I'm just a little confused here. What does he do? Like, <laughs> did, he, did he do the draft or what did he do? No, they did the draft. They did they, the draft. Okay. They now, did the draft. What's he people, ask, what does he do now? Have no idea what the hell they were doing. I mean, if I walked into a place and like I was told that there's no Wi Fi, I would always have my ranks printed out. But if I was in his shoes, always. I would, I'd probably be flipping a shit, to be honest with you. Danny, what I would do is I would, I would go to that commissioner A. I would, I would make him resign immediately. I mean, there's LTE, but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. I would make him resign immediately. Um, that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And B, I would demand, demand that you redraft. I wouldn't have given my money. That That's also a big part of it is you withhold your funds and be like, uh, I'm either playing for free or we're scheduling a draft. We're doing it online. Yep. Simple. Simple. That's like, a stupid, stupid, It's stupid one idea. thing that the commissioner let everybody know in advance. That I'm hey, fine with. Hey, laptops are not allowed. Print out your ranks. Um, we're doing this old school. Okay, fine. No problem. Done. Bring your highlighters. 
bring a notepad, bring your binder, whatever you want to bring, take some notes, done. Simple. But for him to just be like, oh, surprise? Yikes. Yikes. No. Demand a redraft. That's what I would do. Yeah. One to three. Five, nine, 11, 14, 16, 18. All gone. Four. Four. This is from Chris. Jake, where is Chris from? Randolph, New Jersey. Chris wants us to rank him. Derek Carr. Trevor Lawrence. And a good friend of ours. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Simple. Carr, Cousins, Lawrence. Carr, Cousins, Lawrence. That's how I have it. The ones that are left, 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, 15. Oh, sorry, 13 as well. 7. 7, this is from Kyle. Kyle is from... Uh, Kyle is from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Kyle asks, is quarterback in round one in a super flex the right move? Yeah. Depends where. Depends. I was I was going to say, it depends where and it depends how many teams. If it's if it's eight, you can get away with with going running back. If it's ten or if it's twelve, you need a quarterback. Yeah, twelve is an absolute must. But if I'm picking yeah. top five, and with a year where there's really no clear cut number one, I don't care what people tell me. I'm sorry, but Jonathan Taylor, I, I'm pretty safe. To, I'm pretty safe in saying this, and I, I know you can kill me all you want. Jonathan Taylor's not going to be the RB one this year. I don't think we've had a repeat RB one. In ten plus years, uh, wasn't Derrick Henry the RB one back to back years, where he ran for two thousand yards? Let me take a look. Let me take a look. I think Henry Henry had to have been. I will find the information and I will let you. Might have been McCaffrey. No, no, I lied. It was probably McCaffrey. Uh, let's see. Um, I feel like it. I feel like Henry. All right, but anyway. But yeah, yes, I'll find the answer. But but yes, I mean, back back to what I was saying, though, in a year where there's really no clear cut number one. And I think a lot of the guys are more interchangeable than people would like to admit with the top five running backs. You can get away with a quarterback. And I also really like the late round running backs um, as well in, in early round two. And I think that's why in Superflex you can get away with it, where I would really love that surefire quarterback. I, I, I believe in taking quarterbacks early in Superflex to be completely honest with you, and where the league is really going to start running with super flex quarterbacks, you know, you really can't, you can't late, wait around until the later part of your draft to have your, your second quarterback be, you know, a guy that's really a streamer that you, you don't want to rely on a streamer. If that makes sense. Like I want two solid options as my super flexes. So I am looking back. Okay, so the last last repeat RB1 that we've had was 2017 and 2018. Todd Gurley. Okay, so it's been done. But it's not going to be Jonathan Taylor. It's been done. Wow, 2016. David Johnson, remember him? Jesus. Um, No Jonathan Taylor this year. So in in my super flex... That I have actually, I'm, I have this draft next week. Um, my home superflex, I have the fifth overall pick 
And I am pretty certain that if Justin Herbert is there, that is the way that I'm going to go. I I think that's a fine option, assuming that Mahomes and Josh, I would probably take Lamar Jackson. I don't know if he's going to be there for you, but um, I think if Mahomes, Allen, Jackson are gone, I would take Justin Herbert as well. That's the only other, the the only realistic other, because this is also half. So it's not like, it's not like Eckler, McCaffrey are, you know, as valuable in half. Yep. I mean, they yep. are, but in Superflex, the quarterback is definitely more valuable. I think the only real pivot that I would consider is if Jonathan Taylor were to make it to five. That's the only true pivot. What about Lamar would, Jackson? Lamar Jackson, I would absolutely 100% consider. I think Herbert might go before me. That's I would take – I love Lamar Jackson this year because so in this in this league the guy that the commish who made it to a championship last year had Lamar Jackson insert Ravens running back here he had them all Hollywood Mark Andrews he basically had all the Ravens that's he made it to a championship and he made it to a championship with, with Tyler Hunt yeah with Lamar and then with Tyler Huntley I think there's a chance that he could just be like you know what? I'm gonna run it back with Lamar. So if that's the case, I better hope and pray that Herbert makes it to me. And then if not, if not, then I I, I mean, I would probably consider, I would probably look at a guy maybe like Kyler. Brady would be. No, 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 no. You had the right idea. Running back. I I think that's a little too early for Kyler for me. I mean, hey, if we're looking at the way I think it's probably going to go, Taylor, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Jackson. And then I'm looking at Eckler, McCaffrey, Cook. And then I would have to take a, a quarterback. So you think there. it's going to be four straight quarterbacks? I think so. Interesting. Or maybe, I think or maybe two, one, two, in, or one. And half one, you two, don't two. you don't get futzy and think about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, I would I would absolutely 100 percent consider just to have him somewhere. You have a bad problem in that league. Yes, I do. Five is a bad, not a good spot. You have a bad problem in that league. I, I I have to hope that someone looks at McCaffrey and just is like, oh, I want that. Or Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I agree. Well, even if Jonathan Taylor goes, I, I still am facing potentially oh, yep. You're still not facing getting one Doomsday. of the quarterbacks. I need two running backs to go ahead of me at five for me to get one of those quarterbacks where I'm sitting there. I'm just like, all right, I'm chilling. So okay. that's something that I'll have to I'll have to figure out. I will let you I'll have to let you know and I'll have to I will have to talk about that that draft next week. Uh, when it uh, when it happens. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. That was that's been wanting to come out for a while. My throat is just terribly, terribly dry. Uh, six, eight, 10, 12, 13, 15 are left. 15. 15. This is from. This is from Katie. I think this might actually be the first female question that we've ever gotten on the mail today. And I'm very happy because fantasy football is for women, too. Don't forget that. Katie, thank you. Thank you for submitting this question. You are you are an icon. Just letting you know. Katie asks, why so much love for the Bears pass catchers? Uh, what love is there? <laughs> what, what love? Other than Cole maybe, Komet late. Uh, I, mean the, I think the maybe ADP. she's talking about you know the love with Cole Komet. Uh, maybe there's some people that are talking about Darnell Mooney. There's, there's no love here for Darnell Mooney. Maybe David Montgomery as well. 
I mean, I don't want to go and invest in the Bears if I don't have to. There won't be any Bears on my team outside of maybe Cole Komet. And honestly, I think Khalil Herbert's making a case for late in my draft. But outside of that, Mooney and Montgomery yeah. won't be on my roster. Herbert is a dart throw I like. I like yeah. that. But in terms of spending premium capital for a Chicago Bear, I can't it's do it. Ill-advised. I can't do it. And people, and I know people are going to say, because I also actually heard this debate saying, well, aren't the Bears and the Texans very similar? I don't think so. I think the Bears are going down. I think the Texans are slowly coming back up after hitting rock bottom. I think Davis Mills is better than Justin Fields. I do too. <laughs> I do too. For legit quarterback, yes. Legit quarterback, yes. For fantasy, I would be I, I'd be fine with taking a stab on Justin Fields as the third quarterback in a super flex just because of the rushing upside. The rushing ability, yes. I'm talking about as like a real quarterback and stuff like that. But Right. Do I want to rely on his arm? No, not really. No. And thank you, Katie, for for asking your question. 6, 8, 10, 12, 13. 13. 13. This is from Greg. Oh, my goodness. I did not even ask you because I have to do it now. Jake, where was Katie from? Katie is from Athens, Greece. Oh, oh, she's chilling. Thanks. Yeah. Sick invite. Sick invite. And Greg is from the Isle of Samoa. Greg asks, thoughts on trade committees in leagues that always have permanent spots for the commissioner and one other person of the commissioner's choosing. We've talked about this. At We've Nauseam. talked about this a lot. At nauseum. Do you want to give a quick synopsis? We both. Very quick synopsis. Uh, I think the trade committees are absolutely fantastic. They keep blood off of your hands as a commissioner. Um, But the one part that I do actually want to talk about, because I don't think we've talked about this part, is having the commissioner always on with the commissioner, then appointing somebody else as sort of his de facto number two. As the number two to commissioner? I don't like that idea. I don't mind it if the person proves to be adequate. If the person proves to be completely inadequate, then they need to be removed. Nope. It's commissioner, then the committee. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think, okay, I'll rephrase. If you want to have somebody else, if the commissioner wants to appoint somebody to be their number two, fine. But you need to make sure that you, the commissioner, and the number two are in the minority. You can't have it where it's you, your de facto number two, and then one other person in a three-person committee. You need to make sure that you are going to be the minority at all times where it doesn't matter who is on the committee, whether you do a turnover every year or you just appoint you know people and then they are there until they don't want to do it anymore, whatever it may be. The way that I would do it is you have, if you're going to do the number two thing, fine. Do the commissioner, number two, and then three other people from the commoners, in air quotes, that can come in, be the majority, speak for the rest of the league, where the commissioner and the number two are not the ones that are completely running all the trade and other litigation type things for the league. That's that, that's a good compromise right there. Yeah. 12, 10, 8, 6 remain. Six. Six. This is from Frankie. Jake, where's Frankie from? Frankie is from San Jose, California. 
Frankie asks, thoughts on Dallas Goddard in half PPR? He's fine. It's fine. A little He's underwhelming. Fine. Yeah. He's a little underwhelming. Um, I don't know if I want to go spend premium capital on a on anybody from the Philadelphia Eagles, not in Superflex and not named Jalen Hurts in Superflex. Um, but he's fine. He's boring. He's, fine. he's boring. I actually, I I, I want to ask you about about Dallas Goddard. It's, it's very funny that that Frankie brought this up. Thank you, Frankie. So, in our keeper league, we have our keeper deadline. Um, for us, it's tomorrow. For everyone listening, it's today at six o'clock. Guy in our keeper league has the choice between Josh Allen, Aaron Jones, Josh Allen for an eighth, Aaron Jones for a fourth, Michael Thomas for an eighth, Mike Williams for an eighth. So if he were to keep the two eighths, it would be an eighth and then a seventh. And then Dallas Goddard for a tenth. What do you think he did? I mean, I would logically take Josh Allen and Aaron Jones for a fourth. That's what we all said. We all said that we were thinking it was Josh Allen and Aaron Jones. What do you do? Take Dallas Goddard? As of 552 on Friday, August 26th, his keepers are Josh Allen and Dallas Goddard. Idiotic. I agree. Now, is it a smokescreen? And he could he change it last minute? He could. But I was shocked when I got that text. I can't say anything because I keep it hush hush when it comes to you know people's keepers. I release them. Right at the keeper deadline, keeper deadline hits, boom, I send the text, it's out, everyone can do what they got to do. Until then, I am hush-hush. When people send their keepers, I don't say anything. I was shocked at this one. I'm like, fuck, and I can't talk to anybody about it. So when people, when people, you know, from the league listen to this podcast, it's going to be 6 o'clock tomorrow. So they'll know about it. But now I'm like talking to someone about it for the first time, and I'm just so amazed. That this is happening. That, that's just sheer stupidity, honestly. I agree. I agree. I hope he pivots. I hope he pivots to one of Thomas Williams or Jones. I'm praying for his sake. Okay. 12, 10, 8. Uh, 8. 8. This is from Ryan. Ryan is from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Ryan asks, rank him in non. Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler and DeAndre Swift in non. Harris. Oh no, excuse me. Eckler. Harris. Swift. Chubb. I have it. Eckler, Harris, Chubb, Swift. And non, yeah, Swift. Swift's gotta be last on the list and non, actually. I would put Chubb ahead. You'd put Harris ahead of Austin Eckler? No, no, no. I have Eckler. Oh, okay. Eckler, yeah. Harris, Chubb, Swift. That's fine. 10 and 12. 12. 12. This is from Jack. Jake, where is Jack from? Jack is from. Let's go with. <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky. Dickhead. You dickhead. Home hometown hometown of, of the Knicks B team, Louisville, Kentucky. Got it. It's a beautiful place. Beautiful place. Home away from home. Literally. Jack asks, is a guillotine league playable with only 12 teams? Jack, the answer is yes. 
I think so. It absolutely is. It is playable with 12 teams. You just have to adjust. So what you would do is you stick with your $1,000 fab. You stick with your regular lineup. So quarterback, two two running backs. You could probably get away with three receivers there. In a guillotine, absolutely. Yeah. In a 12-team, you can get away with it. A tight end and then your two flexes. Um, But what you have to do is you then save four weeks. So after week eight, you're not allowed to make any transactions. You're done. So week nine, week 10, week 11, and then week 12, when you're playing your championship, those weeks you cannot make any waiver pickups. So that's the number one thing that it's the only really thing that you're changing is just deciding when rosters are going to lock for good is it would be week nine. What is the standard for guillotine? Uh, it the standard normally is eighteen teams, quarterback, running back, two rece- quarterback, two running backs, two receivers. Yeah, you gotta have a big amount of teams. A tight end and two flex spots. You gotta have yeah, twelve is a little slim, but it twelve is slim. Twelve is slim, and that's that's why I think you can get away with doing three receivers there, make it a bit more spicy. Yeah, and then finally ten. This is from Brandon. Brandon is from the future home of Jake Simone as he is moving into his new apartment next week <laughs> in Hicksville, New York. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you. I'm glad, you know, you telecast that to the whole world, but <laughs> don't Tell- tell my address next. I can get, I can give the address. If you want, I can give your social security number as well. Only or, but, or only Portland, Oregon. Of course. Of course. Uh, to, to Portland, to Portland. I mean, if you want, send me a DM Portland. I'll give you a social security number. I'll give mine as well. <laughs> I'll give mine as well. Keep it uh, to to keep it fair. So Brandon asks a very subjective question, mind you, but it's okay. Brandon, Brandon asks, how much is too much to charge for a first year league full of beginners? Full of beginners. I think a hundred is a little much for full of beginners. Agreed. I think 50 bucks is the starting point for beginners. I think 50 is fine. 50 is fine. is fine. If you want to push 75, that's fine. Yeah. I think 75. And, I think 50 and see how it goes. And the number number one thing that I would be doing, Brandon, is I know we're big components of doing offline drafts in this podcast. We love them. Do not do an offline draft. No, do an online draft for beginners. Do an online draft for beginners. Start fresh. You know, make sure everyone knows what the fuck they're doing. At the end of the year, cut the dead weight. The people who don't give a shit, cut the dead weight. The people who care, keep them on and fill your league of people who care or who are experienced. Amen. And I've done that. Yeah. I and mean, dude, I year... had, let me, let me give you an example, bro. Like, sure. I, like this is many, many years ago when like I first started with my buddies from high school, we weeded out the dead weight where the kid took ready for this one. Eli Manning in the first round. I remember this. Yeah. Eli Manning in the first round. Good and, God Almighty. And Andrew Luck with the first pick in the second round. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. And Tom Brady in the first round the next year. Oh, and then Mahomes. If there's anybody taking a quarterback in the first round, just they're not meant for this. <laughs> like, no, no. Unless, I mean, listen, if you're a beginner, like, listen, I took my, my first draft ever. I mean, I've talked about the story a thousand times. I, I took Tony Romo, my first fantasy draft ever, at the one-two. First uh, fantasy another, draft ever. Another kid I was, took Cam I was Newton. in like sixth grade. Yeah. 
And it's like, oh, Tony, that's my guy. I want him. And, you know, you learn from your mistakes. But you continue to do your mistakes. You got to learn from that. You got to learn from that. Good times. So, the last pre-draft mailbag that we are going to be doing. Jake, the next time that we do a mailbag, would you like to say to the people what it is going to be? Week one. It's going to be week one. Week one mailbag. So, everybody, enjoy your drafts. We will be doing podcast next week. Unfortunately, we are not going to be broadcasting the guillotine. That has changed. What we will be doing is we'll be broadcasting the online draft. That'll be Adam and I. That'll be next Monday night, the 5th. We will be broadcasting that. That will be live. Next week, the plan, very simply, we're going to be doing a shit ton of ranks. Looking at drafts, ADP for the past couple of weeks. Basically cramming every ounce of information down your throats for one episode. And then for another episode, just basically tying a bow on everything pre-draft, making sure everyone's ready to go. And then we come back, we do our live draft, and then after the live draft, it's week one preview. We're there. Oh, brother. We have two shows left of pre-draft, and then we are balls deep into the season. Yep. I can't wait. Can't wait. Months of talking about pre-drafts and drafts. It's, it's go just, time. It's go time. And before you know it, we'll be sitting on our couches Thursday night. Rams, Bills. Qu- question for you. We'll we'll leave we'll leave on this. Leave it on this. This will be an extended. This will be a uh, further extended week one mailback. Uh, this is this is from the first question actually of the week one mailback. So happy week one, everybody. Uh, this is from Bird. Jake, where's Bird from? Portland, Oregon. Beautiful place. Beautiful place. Uh, would you start Cam Akers against the Buffalo Bills? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. We love Cam. Great guy. Great guy. I had someone actually tell me tell me the other day that I'm crazy with all the hype about Cam Akers. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. All in. <laughs> I'm all man. in. But then, uh, then the, listen to this. You'll appreciate this one, and then I promise we're done. Because it is 6 o'clock, and I'm hungry. Uh, he had the balls to say to me, Travis Etienne is going to be better than Cam Akers. No, it's just factually incorrect. It is factually incorrect. That's like that is like saying that New York City is better than Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Factually, factually incorrect. incorrect. It's crazy. Ridiculous ass. Anywhere better than Portland. No nowhere is better than Portland. Portland is oh my God, it's, 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 that's the that's the sacred city on the hill. We do anything for Portland. Absolutely. We would lay our life for Portland. With that, that's it. Everyone, if you're drafting this weekend, good luck. You could do this. Draft responsibly. Draft responsibly. Most importantly, have a good time. We get caught up in the emotion that is fantasy football. You have to remember, people, it's just fantasy. I know we talk about it as if it's life or death, but you're supposed to have fun. That's what it's all about. Have fun because draft day, Jake, you know, that just as well as I do draft day is the best day of the year. 
best day. It is best day of the year. It's the best day of the year. An you offline draft, especially an offline draft. Nothing while being very productive all at the same time. Yep. Especially when it's an offline draft. Offline draft days are the best days. You cannot convince me otherwise. So enjoy your drafts. Be responsible. Be responsible. Have fun. Don't make stupid decisions. Do not panic. Do not reach. You're going to be fine. Adam and I will be back next week. Hopefully, Jake will be back later in the week where we can tie a bow on uh, on pre-draft once he's, uh, once he's moved in. And with that, that's it. We're done. Um, and by the way, also, when you do your drafts this weekend and you have your rosters, if you have any week one questions that you are thinking about already, send them into the mailbag. Just do it. Link will be in the episode description, as it always is. For Jake, I'm Bird. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.